Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Bigger Picture with Ryan Huang. Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on The Breakfast Huddle. A very good morning, Bharati Jagdish and Ryan Huang with you. And Ryan, the big news today, banks in Singapore reporting third quarter earnings and you're about to dissect those numbers for us. It's off to a good start for the banks. You've got UOB beating expectations, net profit up 57%, beating the expected consensus forecast of 47%. And OCBC also doing the same, rising nearly 19% for its net profit for its third quarter, beating the consensus forecast of a small contraction of 0.5%. To help us break it down, we've got Yip Jin Rong. He is the market strategist at IG. Morning, Jin Rong. How are you doing today? Hi, good morning, Ryan. I'm good, thank you. Hey, glad to have you back on again. So let's talk about the earnings we are seeing right now. Give us your impressions on your overview of these numbers. Yes, so overall, we saw both have uh, beaten expectations. You know, OCDC up 19%, UOB up 57% a year on year. Although, you know, some of these can be attributed to some uh, low base effect continuing to play out from uh, last year. Compared to the previous quarter, uh, both have delivered a single digit rise in uh, net profit of around uh, 4% to uh, 5% uh, respectively. So, of course, the ongoing strength could be attributed to the lower credit cost, mm. which is, you know, the amount of uh, reserve that banks uh, set aside previously during the COVID period in anticipation of uh, loan losses. So, we are seeing ongoing lowering of credit costs despite some intermittent virus resurgences in the region. So, that suggests that, you know, operating conditions have uh, definitely improved. So, just on a year-on-year uh, comparison, the loan loss provision have uh, declined between 50% to 60% for both banks. So that may continue to be the trend moving forward, especially with further reopening ahead. But generally, I will say, you know, Singapore banks may be somewhat prudent in their approach as some uh, global banks have started to unwind some of their uh, loan loss reserves in uh, recent quarters. Yeah. But overall, you know, yeah, in terms of uh, Singapore banks, they were somewhat prudent. And uh, in terms of non-performing loans, so far, asset quality has uh, remained resilient. So we saw a non-performing loan ratio for both actually stands at a 1.5%, which is a very healthy so far. Yeah, I've seen a similar picture of sorts from the US banks a few weeks ago. They also releasing their loan loss provisions and that helped their uh, bottom lines. So similar scenario here playing out for Singapore banks. And looking at some of the big questions investors have been asking, you know, there's a bit of a slowdown in China, a bit of nervousness around the property sector because of China Evergrande. How much of exposure do the Singapore banks here have to what's happening in China? Mm, yes, definitely there are some concerns on you know how the contagion risk from China's property sector may play out for our local banks. Uh, but so far with the new set of results thus far, uh, if you look at uh, OCBC, uh, non-performing loans for its uh, greater China business has actually decreased uh, quarter on quarter. And that only accounts for you know roughly 5.7% of its uh, overall non-performing uh, assets. So that has not been, you know, the risk has not been reflected in uh, OCBC's results. For UOB, in that sense, uh, exposure to mainland China is uh, 6% of total assets. So I would say it's kind of a limited uh, percentage. Mm. And a portion of this is actually to uh, state-owned enterprise and also foreign investment uh, enterprise. So those may help to offset you know, some of the uh, risk factors here. 
Okay, it looks like relatively resilient when it comes to exposure to China. So let's talk about the money they make from things like loans. And that comes from net interest margins. Where is it going from here when you look at what's happening in the landscape? We've got, of course, the FOMC meeting coming up um, later this week. Yeah, so for uh, UOB, uh, we saw net interest income was supported by both stable net interest margin of around uh, 1.55% and also uh, loan growth of uh, 9% uh, year on year. For OCBC, however, in terms of its net interest income, uh, we also see an increase in loans, but that was offset by a six basis points drop in the net interest margin. So its overall net interest income remains flat from the uh, previous quarter. Therefore, you know, OCBC may have to depend on its uh, wealth management and also the life insurance segment to deliver, of course, alongside lower loan provision. But overall, there are definitely signs of uh, optimism if we see the improvement mm. in uh, loans lending, which suggests that you know, lending momentum seems to be present as a uh, demand for credit uh, continues to improve, with you know, both having an increase in the uh, loans growth. And in terms of uh, net interest margin-wise, if you look at the interest rate uh, outlook ahead, it seems to carry somewhat of an uh, outward bias as uh, central banks globally continue to shift towards uh, some form of a normalization in the monetary policy. So if you look at pre-COVID period, uh, net interest margin was between 17 to 1.8%. So now both banks are hovering at around 1.5%, which suggests that there are some room uh, to cover there. And if you look at the, of course, the US FOMC meeting, the recent you know, Fed funds future suggests that markets are pricing in some form of a rate hike in the second half of 2022. So that could be one of the tailwind that could leave uh, interest income for the uh, Singapore banks ahead. Yeah, let's talk about the non-interest income, the type of fees they earn from the other side of the business. Yeah, so in terms of the uh, non-interest income, if you look at the net fee income, so both OCBC and UOB continue to see a double-digit increase of uh, between uh, 13 to 14% from a year ago. So growth in that segment uh, continues to see strength and uh, help to underpin its Q3 performance. For OCBC, we also saw the life insurance segment uh, providing an added boost, increasing uh, 22% year-on-year. Of course, the divergence point comes in terms of uh, trading performance. So even though there may be some expectations for trading performance to uh, normalize, we saw UOB's trading income has remained quite resilient. Whereas OCBC, mm. on the other hand, saw quite a significant drop from some unrealized losses. So that actually limits OCBC's gains from non-interest income. But overall, what we can see from the non-interest income segment is that it points towards uh, improved uh, economic activities ongoing. Uh, if you look at UOB's uh, higher fees from uh, wealth and credit cards, which some, somewhat indicates uh, consumer optimism. And also, if you look towards the OCBC insurance profit and also increase in asset under management. So all this actually points towards some form of improved economic activity there. All right, Juno, let's uh, wrap things up with your look on where things are going from here. And so far, actually, it's been quite a good quarter, it seems, from the numbers. And if you look at share price, it has been on a good run. They have been among the best stocks on the STI, uh, up around 21 plus percent. And if you factor in the type of dividends we're getting and also the valuations of these stocks right now, how much more upside and how attractive are these stocks for you if you see them as potential investment right now? So far, banks, not just in Singapore, I mean, banks in general have been among the strongest uh, performing sectors in the stock market this year. So in terms of uh, Singapore, all three banks have been outperforming the uh, STI since the start of the year, delivering an average uh, year-to-date return of 21% compared to the STI 13%. 
So in a way, if we look towards the US uh, KBW Bank Index, the major US banks, year-to-date is at 42% in terms of a performance. So that suggests that potentially there may be some sort of a catch-up growth uh, still ongoing there. And in terms of a uh, dividend yield, of course, we have uh, heard previously that MES have uh, lift uh, the uh, dividend cap. So those, you know, Singapore banks have uh, previously resumed their uh, dividend payout to a pre-pandemic level. So based on current price, uh, dividend yield is between uh, 4 to 4.5 percent for all three banks. So that may seem, you know, rel- relatively uh, attractive. And in terms of uh, valuation, uh, if you look at the forward uh, price to book and also the forward uh, price to earnings, Comparing all three banks uh, so far, just based on the uh, valuation perspective, DBS tends to be uh, tends to carry somewhat of a higher valuation. If you look at the uh, forward price to book, DBS mm. is at uh, 1.42, whereas uh, that's followed by uh, UOB 1.14 and uh, OCBC at close to a one. So in terms of if you line them up according to valuation, of course, uh, DBS may seems to be on the higher range. And then OCBC may seems to be at the lower range. Yeah, of course, there's a reason why it's commanding that type of price-to-book ratio. Uh, Mr. Chairman, we have Yip Jun Rong. He is the market strategist at IG, helping us to break down the latest third quarter earnings from UOB and OCBC. Jun Rong, thank you for your time. Thank you, Ryan. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.